0: The Denver Broncos coming off of a victory against the Detroit Lions must now shift their focus to the Cincinnati Bengals. And if they're going to beat Cincinnati and if they're going to progress to make the playoffs, the Broncos must address Teddy Bridgewater's approach at the quarterback position. Plus, not to mention the Broncos facing their toughest test all season long. Sarah Bettinger, myself, we talk about why this Bengals matchup is one that Broncos must absolutely win in order to have a chance at the playoffs. We break that down and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day.
0: What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back here to a brand new episode, Locked Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, both of us. We cover the Broncos for the Lockdown Network and 9 News, so make sure you follow and subscribe to Lockdown Broncos free and available everywhere you get your podcast. you want to watch us. Hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel, Lockdown Broncos, and thank you so much, Broncos Country, for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day, every single day. Sarah, hey, man, it's great to be back with you here on another episode of Lockdown Broncos, enjoying our conversations with Broncos Country. A big, big week is in store for them, my friend, but as always, great to see you. Can't wait to break down all the action today.
1: Great to see you too, Cody. Uh, like you said, as always. And man, I could get used to December thirteenth. Still talking about the Broncos in the playoff mix, talking about having a winning record. I mean, it feels like it's been forever, doesn't it? It feels like it feels like it's been a lifetime. So much has happened in Broncos country since the last time this has happened. So it's just cool to it's cool to be in this position. It's cool to be talking about a game with huge implications again. And uh, I can't wait, man. I can't wait to talk about this matchup against Cincinnati this week.
0: Absolutely. And here's something else, too. The Broncos are doing this in a year where the NFL is so competitive. I think, to be honest with you, sir, in the last couple of years, we've only seen like four or five teams you know in each conference well not necessarily in each but all together, featuring both conferences where you have maybe three or four teams that are real legitimate contenders this year it is so wide open now obviously there's teams that look really really good they're at the top right now but you know we've seen such a wild inconsistency in terms of how these teams play week in and week out it is wide open there are 26 teams as of the time of recording this podcast 26 teams in the nfl as of today that are in a playoff position or a one game away from being in a play off position for the, whether that'd be wild card or division, this is truly a year where the NFL is tougher all around, but man, it doesn't get any easier for this Broncos football team this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to break down why that's the case a little bit later on here in the show, but I wanted to talk about something that we didn't get a chance to address in the post game show. You know, obviously we didn't want to cloud Demarius Thomas being honored by the Broncos playing the Broncos win on Sunday with this, but it's something we need to address here today. And that's Teddy Bridgewater. And look, the Broncos There are issues on the offensive side of the ball. They start and they end with Teddy Bridgewater. There's been a lot of people that have been putting blame on the offensive line, but Sarah, I can tell you this, going back and watching the All-22, the offensive line has been really good for this team, and they've given Teddy Bridgewater time to throw. The issue has been Teddy's decision, his ball placement, more importantly, throwing too low or behind wide receivers, and that was on full display here on Sunday against the Detroit Lions, and you can obviously tell Jerry Jude is one of those frustrated guys. Javante Williams receiving touchdown. He literally had to adjust backwards to it and almost come forward because it was thrown behind him and low, this is an issue and it also sets up guys to take unnecessary shots so uh, that that's kind of where my frustration is but look what are your thoughts on, on the Broncos you know quarterback position because like I said mm-hmm. I really do believe sir the issues do start and end with Teddy Bridgewater primarily
1: I think you're right Cody and that's a spot-on analysis of what we saw yesterday in the game and I think it was even worse like compounded in a way by the fact that our good buddy Benjamin Albright with 850 KOA he reported that Teddy Bridgewater is looking to get paid $25 million a year this offseason, which I mean, my goodness, when I read that and everyone I'm sure in Broncos country that saw that tweet from from Ryan Edwards, our other good friend over there with Benjamin. I mean, when he tweeted that out, man, I just I couldn't believe it. I was kind of in a state of shock. And that kind of makes every single thing that he does seem way worse, doesn't it? It's like, you know the the lackadaisical type of attitude. You know we talked yeah. about that before the show started. It seems like his attitude is just not quite in it. And and it was nice to see a little fire from him in that drive leading up to halftime. You know where he's he's up there campaigning for the offsides penalty and those types. It's cool to see passion from the yeah. quarterback position. What's unfortunate is that it's noteworthy. It's it's something that we're pointing out as like, hey, that's that's actually a positive. You know, it's good to see <laughs> that kind of stuff. But it's. The other things that you talked about, man, that's just so it's so frustrating over the course of a game. You know, as I'm sure Jerry Judy is super frustrated. And I'm sure the other guys are frustrated too, the other receivers yeah. in the, in the group. so it it's tough to see where Teddy Bridgewater is exactly coming from. Like, do you really want to be the guy that gets paid one million dollars per touchdown? or I mean, I don't, I don't know what what his ultimate goal is. I mean, he for twenty five million dollars, I expect a lot more out of a starting QB. And if that's who he thinks he is as a player, we need to see a lot more from him, in my opinion.
0: And Teddy knows he's not going to get that type of money from the Denver Broncos. And so there's been some talk, some rumblings inside that locker room that Teddy already knows he's on his way out after this season so I think that players are t- taking note of that I think it's you know obvious for me to be able to see and for me I don't know if it maybe clouds my judgment even more on Teddy knowing what I've been told on certain things like that but it's like okay hey, look you have a, a chance Teddy to lead this team to the playoffs to help be a key component of that because obviously the quarterback position they're the driver of the vehicle and how they play affects the rest of the team I mean it affects the defense if the offense is going three and out very quickly the defense let's say they're they're on a 10 play drive they they force a a missed field goal where they force a punt after being on the field for, let's say, three or four minutes, and then within under a minute or less, they're back out on the field because the offense can't get it going. That is an issue, and I think a lot of that has been on not only just Pat Shermer, but also primarily on Teddy Bridgewater. And there was a graphic on the game last on Sunday against the Lions where it pulled up that Teddy threw the first four games. Teddy in those first couple of games was fantastic for the Broncos. Mm-hmm. He was doing things that we that had us questioning the narrative of him. Like, okay, he's is he just we're not seeing this checkdown guy? And then all of a sudden, as you get deeper into the season, you start to see him kind of be who everyone said that he was. And look. Uh, we were we were blown away by what he did in the first three weeks. But then again, it didn't matter at the end of the day when he started to regress a little bit. And I think that's definitely been the biggest issue. So body language, the rest of the way, is key. He's just not going to get that from the Denver Broncos. not going to get that payday. And rightfully so, the Broncos should not pay him that type of money because he has been a very, very eyesore part of the offense. And I wanted to say it on the post game show. I just, for me, I love football, Sarah. I, I love it so much. I love watching the game. And I'm watching mediocre offenses have quarterbacks that aren't necessarily good air it out. And, and look, well, Davis Mills starting off 14 for 14 against the C, uh, the Seahawks on Sunday. I mean, I'm looking at some of these other questions. I'm like, why can't the Broncos quarterback do this? Teddy Bridgewater makes me frustrated to watch football sometimes. And I hate saying that because it's like, look, Teddy, Teddy's a great human being. Do not get me wrong. Don't make this seem like I'm hating on Teddy. I'm just frustrated with Teddy's ability as a quarterback from the position and what a team needs from a quarterback to get the job done that's simply it and I think that Broncos country for the most part sir there's gonna be some people here on YouTube in the comment section on Twitter that disagree with you and I on this but the reality is it's been very porous it's been very lackluster with Teddy Bridgewater running the Broncos offense and so Broncos country let us know your thoughts here in the comment section down below on YouTube but coming up here in just a moment we're gonna talk a little bit more about Pat Shermer he did something on Sunday that I think maybe has Broncos fans questioning, can he do it the rest of the season? What is that? What position does it detail? We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's our good friends over there at Boost Mobile. And you listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes of the Lockdown Broncos podcast, the power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line. So your family can harness all that brain power And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it at the speed of 5G. And with all that money that you'll save and all that knowledge that you'll gain, just how powerful will you become with Boost Mobile today? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out and get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile, free phone limited to new customers, and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers coverage not available everywhere or for all phones or networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. And our good friends over there at On Location. And ladies and gentlemen, Super Bowl 56 is under 100 days away, and it's going to be in beautiful Los Angeles during a time of the year where the weather is warm and it is great. And On Location, the official hospitality partner of the National Football League is the only place to score a -a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package today. Select your exact seats and you get to choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. You can visit onlocationexp.com SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com SB56 or search Super Bowl on location today. Are you excited for the Super Bowl like we are? We'll get there today with on location. All right, sir, as we continue on today's episode, locked on Broncos. We had teased a little bit about something Pat Shermer did on Sunday against the Detroit Lions that were like, hey, is he finally coming around to it? Is he gonna do more of it? And that's his utilization of the Broncos tight ends. We got to see a lot more from Noah Fant. We got to see a lot more from Albert Oak Webonam in this game against the Lions. Sarah, what is it exactly the Broncos did and why must Pat Shermer follow that formula the rest of the season?
1: Well Cody I just got to say first off you know Noah Fant was so happy about it that he hugged the cheerleader after one of his big plays you know <laughs> but in all seriousness you know it was great to see nine targets for the tight ends in this game and and more so than just nine targets Cody it was nine targets that were we saw these guys being utilized properly we were begging for this a week ago so this is kind of a follow up to something that we talked about on a previous show but man getting these guys opportunities to get yardage after the catch, giving them chances to make plays downfield. That's what we saw in this game from Pat Shermer and the Denver Broncos as an offensive unit. And to to kind of build off of your frustration with Teddy Bridgewater, too, Cody, I was a little frustrated seeing that even that red zone target for no, uh, Albert Okwebunam in this game, which, by the way, a red zone target for Albert O, let's all rejoice over that for a second. But that red zone target for Albert O came after Noah Fant was wide open on the backside of that play. And Albert O had already run all the way through his route. So (laughs) I wasn't sure what Teddy Bridgewater was doing. He had two options right away. So it all worked out in the end. Albert O made a great play after the catch. Go figure, because, you know, that's what he does. That's what he does well. Matter of fact, I was looking at some next-gen stats today. Cody, you know it's crazy. Albert O has one of the top 20 most unlikely plays after the catch this season, that big play that he had early on in the year. That's one, I mean, that's evidence, if anything, right? I mean, we got to get these guys the ball in space more, but it was really cool to see nine targets, nine receptions, I mean, no drops among those. So they caught all nine targets for 92 yards. And obviously that little cherry on top touchdown of one of the coolest drives that we're going to see all year, the 88 yard touchdown drive to finish off the Lions.
0: Oh, you talked about that one route where Noah Fant caught a pass, ran into a cheerleader, hugged her to make sure she was okay. She actually ran up to him to see if he was okay. But like seeing Noah Fant sent vertically as the number two receiver up the field where he draws that safety, his size and just the ball placement. Teddy had a good throw there. I will give him credit on that. His ball placement on that particular play was fantastic, but it's like, I agree with you. In that red zone on Albert O's touchdown, you mentioned the earlier play that happened against the New York Giants where he had cotton and he had to run and try to jump into the end zone make an athletic play. I mean, Albert O was pretty much right next to the sideline by the time he caught that pass. And it, for him to have to turn upfield at his size and still try to extend to get it, that says a lot. But you were spot on to Noah Fant, wide open on that crossing pattern. This is the second time I think Teddy Bridgewater has missed Noah Fant in the red zone. Last week against the Kansas City Chiefs, he missed what would have been a wide open and touchdown to Noah Fant in the red zone. Unfortunately, ended up in the Broncos not coming with any points. That, to me, I think is super frustrating. But, you know, it's great to see Noah Fant utilized in the way that he should. And ladies and gentlemen, there were some Broncos fans who were like, the Broncos should trade Noah Fant. They don't need Noah Fant. I will beg to differ. The Broncos need Noah Fant because with the right quarterback, with the right offensive system, he's going to have success. And he's going to be one of those players. If you were to trade him away, you know what? He would go have success elsewhere. And then everybody would be saying, why did they do that? I'm telling you, Noah Fant... A lot of people want to bag on him, and we've talked about that here on the show. I think it's all very unwarranted. He has to get better as a blocker. Nobody's ever arguing that, absolutely. But he was not brought in to be a blocking tight end. He was brought in to be a playmaking, wide-receiving tight end that can do a lot of great things. The Broncos have some good blockers there, and Eric sober Eric sober I expect to be back next season for the Broncos as well. George Payton's talked about him. Vic Fangio's talked about him. So I like that. I'm glad that you mentioned that too, but the red zone, Sarah, this is where the bread and butter's got to be when you have a strong run game guess what you can do? You can go 13 personnel. You can go 12 personnel. You can have a two tight end set. And teams are going to think that you're going to run the football, which I mean, at times you should. But then you can also pass it with these two guys at the tight end position. Sarah, the Broncos could be super useful if they can improve in this area. a lot of it's going to start with Teddy Bridgewater, and a lot of it's going to start with Pat Shermer recognizing that they need to do a lot more of what we saw on Sunday. So I'm excited about that. Now, in your opinion, you know, what are your thoughts on the Broncos three tight ends right now in that room? And obviously, Andrew Beck, he's that flex fullback guy, but we never really see him playing split as the tight end that's in line. We always see him playing as that sniffer guy. Uh, your thoughts on the Broncos tight end position as a whole and how they could be utilized the rest of the
1: I love this position group. Honestly, I came into the off season kind of thinking, well, George Payton might need to do some tinkering there and maybe add a guy through the draft or free agency, even talking about like, Hey, maybe, maybe you take a swing at trading for Zach Ertz and really just solidify that group, make it an elite group. But man, I love what those guys have been able to do this season with kind of I hate to say they're making lemonade out of lemons, but that's kind of what it is. I mean, they're they're making plays when they're being given the opportunities to do so, and even when they're not, you know, they're catching those dinky little two yard passes that that are thrown behind them, and they're by the sideline. They're already they're literally standing at the sideline waiting for the ball. So I, I think they're doing a good job with what's being given to them. Like you said, Eric Saubert, I I would love to see him back next yeah. next season. He's done a great job as a blocker, plays special teams. The coaches like him a lot. So that wouldn't surprise me at all. And I think you're spot on Cody about trading Noah fans and not trading Noah fans. If he would go somewhere else, Broncos fans would be regretting that for a long time. You know, you just don't get a lot of players at his position with that kind of combination of size, speed, pass catching ability, and just that after the catch potential, you know, it's, and it's not necessarily all about potential at this point. We know Noah Fant, this is his third NFL season. But, man, you still got next season. You've got the 5th year option left on his contract after that. And then beyond that, you could franchise tagging. I mean, franchise tagging tight ends is not that expensive in today's NFL. So I'm not thinking at all in terms of trading him or getting rid of him by any means. I'm thinking, what quarterback can we bring in that's going to that's gonna raise Noah Fant to the level of a guy like we saw Julius Thomas? Julius Thomas, not the most renowned blocking tight end, not the best in terms of, you know, bodying guys out there. And so there's a spot for finesse players. And I'm not saying Noah Fant is strictly finesse either. I mean, he did some good work blocking for the running game too, but I think you've got a good group of players at that spot
0: you do. No need to make changes there. And it's so hard in this common era of what we see in football at the collegiate level. It's rare outside of like teams like Georgia Tech, Navy, you know, a lot of teams that love to run the football. You see a lot of guys that are, you know, flexed out, no longer in line. So it's like Noah offense being used as an in-line tight end, which it's not a strength. He should be used, flexed a little bit more, or at least have some balance with it. So I do agree with that. But hey, Broncos country coming up here in just a moment, Sarah and I are going to get into a conversation about how the Broncos are probably this upcoming week going to face the biggest test of the season. What's going to be so challenging and how might the Broncos find some flex to help aid with the problem that they're going to run into against the Bengals on Sunday. We get to that coming up here in just a moment. First, let me tell you about the other sponsor. Today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's our good friends over there at Stance. And ladies and gentlemen, Stance is some of the most comfortable, uniquely designed items that are out there today in terms of apparel. I'm talking socks. I'm talking underwear. I'm talking clothing. And lately, you've also, I've been hearing a lot about Stance on commercials. I've seen it on websites. I've also seen it on Twitter feeds as well, but that's because they've also launched a brand new line of active apparel for those who are healthy or those that are go running or work out or go to the gym. They're now making stuff for us sir. So if you're an active uh, listener here of Lockdown Broncos, you like to stay healthy. You go on walks, you go on runs, you stay physically fit. They also have this brand new active apparel that we just mentioned. Check it out today with Stance Plus. It's holiday gifting time and that means you need to find a way to get people that you love in your life. Socks, shirts, and also some brand new underwear. Why not go with the best and most comfortable product out there with Stance today, ladies and gentlemen. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical invention of socks, underwear, and active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings in an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. And they also have collaborations with the Wu-Tang Clan, Batman, The Goonies, Star Wars, The Office, Harry Potter, Disney, Marvel, Bob Marley. Major League Baseball, NBA, and Pixar. The items that they have are really comfortable. I have a couple of pairs of Stance socks, and they are the most comfortable socks that I own today. Silky smooth on the feet, which is so necessary during the cold wintertime here in Colorado. So make sure you get yourself some Stance socks today. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. And those that feel good, they do good. So go see for yourself. Register for an account at Stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life, less ordinary with stance. All right, Sarah, as we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, just a reminder, Broncos country, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day, your support, you tuning in every day to listen to Sarah and I talk Broncos football to provide our thoughts and our analysis on it. We also want to include you in the show, so thank you so much for everything. Tomorrow's episode of the show, we're going to bring on a mailbag episode, so send in your questions on Twitter at CodyWorkNFL, at LockdownBroncos, at Sarah Bettinger. The tweet is up, go reply to it, and we'll try to get to it on tomorrow's episode of the show, but we got to talk about something here, Sarah. This is a big week here for this Broncos Football team. we are mention they're just a couple of spots away from a, a wild card spot. Essentially one game away from being in the wild card conversation with the Chargers are sitting up there right now at the top. And obviously they got to take care of business, get some other guys, some teams that beat the Broncos earlier on the season. They're up there ahead of them. So you have to hope that this week and on Thursday, that the Chiefs beat the Chargers. The Broncos fans, you have to root for the Chiefs this week just because. They have to lose – I mean, the Chargers have to lose to them in order for the Broncos to move up to a spot. That's going to be so crucial. So, fingers crossed on that one. Kansas City, this is the only town we're ever going to root for here. So, go for it there. But outside of that, the Broncos are getting ready to face their biggest test, in my opinion, so far of the season. That's the Cincinnati Bengals. Look, they're coming off of an overtime loss to the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday. But when I look at this offense led by Joe Burrow, and, and a pretty good defense. I mean, can't even begin to stress that there. I want to focus on the offense here because the Broncos had some issues stopping the run on Sunday against the Detroit Lions, and they're going to be facing a dynamic duel with Samaj P. Ryan as the backup and Joe Mixon as the starting tailback here for this Bengals team. But they're led by Joe Burrow, who is playing fantastic football this season. I think he's making a lot out of some of the opportunities that he's had. But then you also look at that wide receiving core, Tyler Boyd, you have T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. Man, this is a tough, tough test for the Broncos this week. And it's going to be good because one guy may be back this week, and that's Bryce Callahan, who was activated off of the IR list this past week and did not play a single snap against the Detroit Lions, even though that he was dressed, he was active. Man, they're going to need him this week.
1: They definitely are. And that's going to be fun to watch those guys all play against each other. You know, Pat Sertan, Bryce Callahan, then obviously Ronald Darby, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, the whole secondary ready to go, hopefully for this game. We don't know what necessarily what happened with Kareem Jackson if he's gonna have any lingering effects from he came back into the game, but you just never know the day after how guy's body's gonna respond. Oof, but yeah, no. that 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 uh that matchup there in the passing game is a lot of fun, and you almost want to kind of hope that Vic Fangio's recent run of success against young quarterbacks is going to hold true in this game what really you know is something that we're going to talk about and we we've been getting some of those mailbag questions then I saw Mr. Boggins asked about uh you know the Joe Mixon stopping Joe Mixon so I mean it's boy it, it's a definitely the most I, I hate to even say this Cody because I know p- people are going to probably bring up other teams but just thinking about the, the teams that the Broncos have played, I would say this is the most skill position talent they faced all year. And that includes yeah. the teams like the Chiefs and the Chargers who have some really, really good playmakers. So I feel like this is the most talented unit. The Bengals are also healthy. So you've got to really figure out ways to attack their weaknesses. I mean, the offensive line is kind of notorious in Cincinnati right now. They haven't necessarily done a ton in terms of draft capital and free agency, things like that, to improve it. Um, But obviously they're doing well this season. They're right in the thick of things just like the Denver Broncos are. And that's one year removed from picking number one in the draft. So we got got a lot to focus on for the Broncos defense this week in terms of matchups, in terms of guys being on their assignment. Maybe Bryce Callahan was just activated against the Lions as an emergency, knowing that he would need to play in this game for sure against that talented receiver group of Cincinnati.
0: It's going to be an interesting one here. We talk about the Broncos' struggles at inside linebacker, stopping the run. That you know, obviously, that position is a big, uh, big key cog in terms of that. Kenny Young going through concussion protocol this week. Uh, This guy might be your flex seal guy that you were referring to in the post game podcast. Who the Broncos maybe need to look at bringing up to the active roster at inside backer.
1: I mean, we've been. I feel like Avery Williamson is approaching Cam Fleming status in terms of the amount of times (laughs) they talked about him without him really doing anything. But man. Flex seal time. Avery Williamson come up off the practice squad. Hey, he's got plenty of experience against these Bengals. He played for the Steelers last season, right? So he knows these Bengals. He knows Zach Taylor's offensive scheme. He's going to be able to help in that regard. I know, obviously, you're trying to get him up to speed in the Vic Fangio defense, but you signed him to the practice squad for a reason, for this very reason, in case you had another injury at the position. And I'm as much here for Jonas Griffith being the next big thing as anyone, but I think you need to have contingencies in place. You need to have somebody who's started games in the NFL before. This is a playoff game, basically, Cody, right? I mean, the the Broncos can't lose to the Bengals this week and expect tiebreakers to help them out in the end. They have to take care of business and win this game and have that tiebreaker themselves. And a guy like Avery Williamson could be that flex seal type of, hey, we're going to fix this leak that we've got in the run defense right now, and we're going to do it with a guy who's historically been very good against the run.
0: I'm excited for it. Obviously, a lot of storylines this week. We'll also have a crossover episode with the Lockdown Bengals guys a little bit later on this week to preview the matchup in full, but obviously some storylines throughout the week. Sarah and myself will have you covered all week long here. Lockdown Broncos, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts, also on YouTube if you want to watch us on your TV your smartphone, or your computer. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications so you never miss out on all the action. Plus, if you're watching this video, please do us a favor. Hit that like button here on YouTube. It helps out with the algorithm, helps us continue to grow. And then tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Broncos, Sarah and I, we're going to answer your mailbag questions exclusively here on Lockdown Broncos. Also, check out the tweet where you can put your question in on Twitter, at NFL. it's tagged Sarah, and at Lockdown Broncos as well. It is in there. Go send your response. We'll get it into the queue, and we'll answer on tomorrow's episode Lockdown Broncos, but once again, Broncos country, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. We appreciate your interaction, your Broncos thoughts, your Broncos feedback. It means the world to Sarah and I that you take time out of your day to listen, to tune into us, talk Broncos football all year long, because guess what? There is no off season for the true fan. We got you covered here every single day, Locked on Broncos.